0: Welcome back to Sporting Goss and great to have Harry Taylor on the line, of course, from Northampton in the best parts, but does a fair bit of work in the community space and also uh, attached to the East Fremantle Football Club, fresh from playing a game the other week. Harry, appreciate your time, mate. Are you a Northampton footballer who plays part-time at East Fremantle or an East Fremantle footballer who plays full-time at Northampton?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? Um, (laughs) I'd like to say that, um, yeah, I'd like to say I'm a little bit of both. Uh, probably my playing allegiance is a little bit stronger with Northampton at the moment, but certainly um, some of the other work I'm doing is pretty significant from, East, from an Eastern point of view in the Midwest area. I mean, it's, it's sort of not one hat over another. It's very much, you know, three or four hats all, all melded together to to sort of create the roles that I've been playing up this way.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about the one game down at Eastern though, mate, kicked a goal, looked pretty good. What was it like slipping the jumper back on?
1: Yeah, it was all a little bit... Um, yeah, a little bit surreal in some ways. I've got some great memories of that time of my life playing at East Frio. We didn't, unfortunately, win too many games back then, but um, had a really, really great teacher in Shaneway Woden at the time, and Dave Dunbar was our coach, a new coach into the system. So, um, yeah, learned a lot, had a lot of great experiences at that club, and um, walking back in, seeing some of the same people that were there all that time ago, and then there's obviously quite a, new, a lot of new faces, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a fair bit of fun.
0: Who gives the biggest spray, Billy Monaghan or Chris Scott?
1: Yeah, that's, um, it's a, it's, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> probably Bill, I dare, I dare say. Bill does get uh, pretty animated at times. <laughs> Scotty probably um, gets animated too, but does it in a, in a different way to what, uh, to what Bill
0: does. Yeah, Bill's a little bit old school, it is. Well, tell us a bit about the role up in Northampton and through the Midwest, which is your attachment to the East Remandle Football Club. That's their zone up there. So uh, just your everyday role in regards to uh, the East Remandle Football Club and the Midwest football.
1: Yeah, so basically it's about trying to bring a little bit more blue and white, a little bit more colour. Uh, into this Midwest region from an Eastern Mantle point of view. Uh, Basically, the relationship um, has probably fallen away a little bit, to be honest, Um, in this region. You have to play for Eastern Mantle if you're from the Midwest. That's how the zoning works in WA. And, um, yeah, my job is basically to try to help that relationship prosper as much as possible. So that's from everything from making the pathway a little bit clearer and easier for kids that are under 15s and beyond that start to sort of put on the Eastern Mantle colours all the way up to uh, making sure that some of those senior players that might have maybe missed their first opportunity are still able to go down and play for Eastman or represent the Midwest whilst they do that and potentially further their careers from a football point of view.
0: Yeah, so uh, when you talk about it may have lost its way or there's been a bit of a disconnect to East and through that region that you're at, is that just time and and other uh, attractions for that sort of age group or was there basically, like a lot of the country football, clubs really thrive on their country zones or do you think it really has been a drop the ball moment for East I think
1: both both sides of the fence, both sort of the Midwest area and East have probably just thought um, this is going to roll on. Yep. I mean, obviously, you look at some of the players that have come out of the area um, from my time. You know, obviously, Josh Kennedy, one of the biggest WA names to do it. Um, and there's plenty of others. Jamie Cripps had a great game on the weekend. There's, there's, there's a lot of names that have come from this way. Um, and I think probably both sides of the fence have thought that it might just keep going. Um, we know that these things take a lot of work. These things take a fair bit of effort from from both parties, and um, I guess probably from my view, mate, I think that's what sort of happened a little bit, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Uh, AFL Rams uh, Community Support Fund is still kicking along nicely through your, the hard work of a, a group of uh, AFL players from the region. Of course, Andrew Lockyer heading that up. I'm looking forward to, to hosting and doing the auction on the 11th of August for the AFL Rams Community Support Fund to help the district surrounded by a uh, Devastated by Cyclone Saroja. That's going to be a big one.
1: Yeah, it should be great, mate. It's um, been really, really positive. The community have embraced um, the appeal in a lot of ways, and um, we've been able to raise some much-needed funds. And uh, starting to work out where the best place to best places and people to uh, to use those funds now. So it's it's you know a significant event in the history of the Midwest, particularly Northampton, Calvary region. I mean, mm-hmm. these sort of events, cyclone events, don't happen all that often. Fortunately, um, the damage has been pretty significant, and um, you know it's now important that the money that has been raised, we can start to uh, really sort of direct in the right places.
0: What's the mood up there in Northampton, Harry, in regards to the rebuild? I know that was delayed and it was hard to get workers and there seems to be some miscommunication. Andrew Lockie was very vocal on that a couple of weeks ago. Has there been any movement in regards to the rebuild?
1: Yeah, it's sort of slow going. Um, things tend to take a little bit longer when you're 450 ks away from you know the big city. Uh, work is what you mentioned is probably the most significant thing is trying to get tradies up here to actually um, administer the work or complete the work needed that's been really difficult um, purely from an accommodation point of view to be honest is trying to actually find accommodation for the workers mm. I think there's an availability of people that are willing to come but they need somewhere to sleep they need somewhere to go and eat and those things um, are a little bit more difficult so what has been I guess a bit of a saving grace is the amount of traffic that has come from Perth and although uh, people are generally heading further north or east or wherever it might be. They generally go through Northampton to get there. Um, and so even a small thing like filling up your car, buying a pie, sausage roll, going to the local um, craft store to, to get something, that is helping because you're spending money in this town, which will then circulate to someone else's hand and then hopefully into the next person's hand as well.
0: For someone who hasn't been up there since the cyclone, give us. Uh, can you just paint the picture in regards to the current status of the buildings, I mean, w- when you're talking about a rebuild, and that's basically what it has become for a lot of businesses and residences as well, where are we at as a percentage? Are we, is the house 50% up and about, or is it less than that? I mean, just give us the, a basic um, percentage.
1: Yeah, well, I think there was over 80 homes that were uninhabitable wow. after the, uh, the cyclone came through, so not a, not a big town, it's probably 500 people that live within the region. Um, there is still tarps over a lot of roofs which is a sign that you know, things probably aren't moving as quickly as those people might like. I know there's, there's some people that fortunately have maybe a shed or something like that where they can move into, so they basically move their, their wardrobe across and, and, and their beds and sleep in there and then you know try to use the house for other things where they need to. Um, you know you not need to drive through, I guess, the first part of the town and just to see the, the bottom pub, which is a bit of a historical landmark in the region. That's sort of basically... Um, uninhabitable, and, and yeah, we're not sure what's going to happen with that going forward. But that's a pretty significant symbolic uh, sign of of the sort of devastation that was was occurred uh, did occur because of the cyclone.
0: How's your footy, mate? How's your footy up there for for the Rams?
1: Uh, yeah, we're going okay. We're sort of in the four at the moment. Um, we're sort of yeah in the mix. We've got a, a host of injuries, which is a bit unfortunate, and that's uh, probably a conversation for another day. But just to see the significant injuries at AFL level. It, it's probably the same in a lot of community clubs as well, which, um, yeah, which is a sort of bigger picture stuff that you and I don't need to talk about now. But um, going okay. I'm playing a bit more forward lately, although my goal kicking probably would suggest that I go back. I kicked two goals seven on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately let us down in that regard. So, um, yeah, not, uh, not my finest moment. But um, got a state <laughs> game coming up on Friday night. Yep. Uh, state, versus, state country versus, uh, state, uh, I guess it's state metro or state city. Uh, which will be a pretty significant event. I know it's a 100-year anniversary of these sort of amateurs in Perth. And, um, yeah, I guess that's going to be a pretty good game of footy.
0: Ah, uh, so you're lining up for that one? Or you're already? Where, where's that game being played?
1: Uh, that's going to be played down at Fremantle Oval. Nice, think, nice. Uh, about 7 o'clock on Friday night. All right, so there you women's go. women's game first and then a senior game after that. Oh, and, brilliant. Um, yeah, really looking, really looking forward to the opportunity to, to play and represent the the country area where I um, you know, obviously have a lot of friends and family and I'm very passionate about.
0: How's the statue coming along?
1: Uh, not too bad. I'm pretty happy with mine, actually. Got uh, Fortunately, being in the area, I had a bit of a say of what I look like. <laughs> um, but, um, no, they're, uh, they're all going really well. And I think they're not too far away of locking in a date and a place of where they're going to be put and then unveiled. So a um, matter of trying to get all the boys that are uh, represented up there at some point. Um, you know, probably, ob- obviously, after the season, it'll be easier. Mm. But, um, mm. yeah, it'll be a pretty significant event for the Northampton community. And I know they're very, very proud of their players that have gone on to, to play AFL footy.
0: So that should be last one. I know you got a, b- a meeting to go into just really quickly. Did you come down and watch the boys, uh, the old cats, uh, do a job on Fremantle the other week? Did you get around, get around them? Were you allowed to get around them?
1: No, I wasn't allowed to get around them. I was planning to go along and, um, yeah, spend a bit of time with them. Obviously, loved the boys and spent so much time with my um, yeah, football life at the Geelong Football Club, but uh, unfortunately they got off a plane, had to go straight to their rooms. weren't allowed to leave till I think about twelve o'clock the next day, and uh, unfortunately couldn't go see them. So I went along like the most of the other supporters. Albeit, mate, I was a bit of a mess. I couldn't get into the gate. I didn't know how to use a ticket. Um, one of the one of the parts of being an AFL player is you're very lucky to generally just get straight into the into the ground and, and go from there, but. I couldn't get in, I couldn't scan in and when I finally did I had no idea where my seat was but um, yeah, nice to actually go and watch a game of footy and enjoy it like everyone else does. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot bigger than I thought from the other side of the fence.
0: Yeah, well you're a grassroots man mate, that's what we like about you. You're a very simple bloke with simple needs in life. Uh, look forward to seeing you on August eleventh for the big event. Uh, looking forward to uh, being a part of that a big fundraiser. It's already sold out but if anyone wants to donate some great goods or want to support through uh, some sponsorship, get in touch with the AFL Rams, get, in, get onto um, the Facebook and maybe uh, tra- track down Andrew Lockie or any one of the other nine uh, players from the region. Looking forward to August 11. Should be a big fundraiser for those affected in the areas for, by Cyclone Seroja. Harry, appreciate your time. Great chat. We could chat all day about life. You're a fantastic uh, ambassador for your area, for East Sermantle, for Northampton and for Geelong. Thanks for your time and have a great day and we'll see you on August 11.
1: No worries. Thanks, Goss. Cheers.
0: There he is. Harry Taylor joining us on Sporting Goss. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 132191.